As is often the case, when news stories as absurd as the closures of all public masses throughout the heartland of Catholicism dominate the Catholic news, other stories often get ignored or even overlooked. Today we have the example of one such story. Cardinal Burke gave his opinion on the new papal exhortation, Caridia Amazonia. From the excerpts that I'll read to you here, it is clear that he doesn't share the opinion of many in the conservative side of the debate, siding with the more radical traditionalist voices and saying that he finds virtually no reason to celebrate the release of this document, and clearly he rejects any opinion that this is Francis's Humanae Vitae moment. Let's have a look at what he has to say on this topic, because, as you'll notice, the opinions on that document vary wildly among people, even on our side of things. But first, I wanted to thank the patrons of this channel for their continued support. It really does enable the work of this channel to continue. If you want to join the supporters of this channel, you can do so through Patreon or Subscribestar for as little as $1 per month, or through the mail or Subscribestar for a single donation. It really does help this channel keep going, and please support the other content creators you like as well. Thanks. Back to the news. Cardinal Raymond Leo Burke sat down with National Catholic Register's Edward Penton. The article's opening paragraph is telling, quote, Cardinal Raymond Burke is very grateful that Pope Francis's post-synodal apostolic exhortation, Caridia Amazonia, the beloved Amazon, did not explicitly call into question clerical celibacy or directly address the issue of women deacons. But he nevertheless finds the document troubling and does not expect these issues to now be left alone, end quote. He also offers a critical look at seven years under Francis that has resulted in the church turning inward and left impotent in the face of a world growing increasingly and exponentially atheistic and hostile to the church. I have some of the highlights from the interview for you here, and frankly, I'm happy to have a break from the growing unease in the broader society with something normal for us. Let's look at some of the excerpts. I have lots of quotes from Cardinal Burke here, and it's really only half of the interview, give or take. When asked what his overall assessment of Francis's controversial new document was, Cardinal Burke had this to say, quote, First of all, I'm very grateful that the document doesn't make an explicit pronouncement that would call into question clerical celibacy. I'm very grateful for that. I'm also grateful that it did not address directly the question of female deacons or deaconesses. While there is a section in the exhortation which cautions against clericalizing women by admitting them to holy orders, the part that follows deals exclusively with the exclusion of women from ordination to the priesthood. And, inasmuch as the diaconate is related to the priesthood, I suppose one could understand that this is to signify also that it wouldn't be possible for women to be admitted to the diaconate. For that I am very grateful. For the rest, I find the document troubling, in that it's subject to so many different interpretations. There are those like Cardinal Gerhard Mueller and Bishop Marian Elegante, who are highly critical of the preparation and actual work of the Synod on the Amazonia, who are now praising this document as a wonderful effort on the part of Pope Francis to reconcile everyone who was disturbed by the Amazon Synod. End quote. You know, I totally agree with this assessment. The cheering that came afterwards was very strange. I was cautiously optimistic, mostly because I honestly don't think Francis cares much about those issues per se, and instead had his sights set on the Global Education Compact that was set to kick off in May on the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima, but has since been delayed to October which is all part of the larger plan laid out in Laudato Si back in 2015, and you'll notice this document is what I called Laudato Si too. Continuing with the words of Cardinal Burke, he follows those words with saying that the reaction to the document was misplaced. Quote, Cardinal Mueller says that know-it-all theologians should not be picking the document apart, that it's poetic and pastoral and so forth. 
I don't have any problem with the Pope writing things that have poetry in them, but the poetry and the pastoral content can only be sound if they are coherent with theological truths. For instance, there are passages in the document which gravely contradict theological truths. There's a very poetic passage in which seemingly the Pope is underlining the Lordship of Christ, but then he says that Christ is in the river and in the trees and so forth. This is classical animism, paganism, and it's simply not true. So, from that point of view, I think it would be very questionable to give an overwhelmingly positive presentation of the document because it could, in fact, lead the faithful into error. End quote. Again, the animism he speaks of jumped out at me when I read the document. One could faithfully say that God's handiwork is evidence in nature and be perfectly fine in saying such a thing, but to say that God is present in nature isn't theologically Christian, it's something else entirely. On the subject of the growing influence and role of the laity in the Novus Ordo Church, Burke says, quote, Yes, in the document there is this very strong dichotomy between the laity and the ordained and the pastoral activity of the church. And the fact of the matter is that the two are essentially related to each other. You can't talk about a lay church. But the Amazon church should be a lay church. Well, if the Amazon church is going to be a lay church, then it won't be Catholic. As the Lord himself constituted the church during his public ministry, the pastoral charity exercised by those called to be apostles and successors to the apostles is essential. There is no dichotomy between their ministry and the apostolate of the laity. To suggest that we recognize the importance of the priestly ministry in confection of the sacraments, that certainly is correct. But the very confection of the sacraments as the supreme act of pastoral charity is essentially related also to the teaching office of the priest and his governing office. End quote. Now, when he was asked if this is a move towards the Protestant error of the priesthood of all believers, Burke responds, quote, Yes, I think what we see here is exactly that, a kind of Protestant idea. At least among certain Protestant denominations, the idea prevails that the priesthood is not a sacrament, first of all, and therefore it does not ontologically change the one who receives the sacrament, so that he acts in the person of Christ, the head and shepherd of the flock. I think that's very clearly what's going on, and that's, of course, of the gravest concern to us. This has to be clarified. End quote. Often people say you can't point to a concrete error of the Second Vatican Council, when in fact the elevation of the laity to a position near the priesthood is just the way being described above, and it's one of the easiest errors to point to, but people don't like to hear that. In this, Caridia Amazonia is the perfect document for the spirit of Vatican II, and while Francis is not endorsing the idea of ordaining married men and women per se, it's nothing to cheer about. But let's continue. Skipping ahead a bit, when asked about why it appears that Francis stepped back on the question of clerical celibacy, and if it had anything to do with the pushback he received before the document's public release, he says, quote, Yes, I suspect that's the case on the question of, of celibacy especially, but also on the question of deaconesses. There is the book written by Pope Benedict XVI and Cardinal Sarah, which underlines strongly the integral nature of the perpetual continence of the priest with the office of the priesthood. It seemingly would have been too much, with that book now published and with many reading it, to have that paragraph 111 of the final document, which proposed the exception of the ordaining married men in the Amazon, in the Apostolic Exhortation. But one bishop who received the communication from Cardinal Claudio Humes, informing the bishops when the post-synodal Apostolic Exhortation would be published, and giving them certain texts to prepare them for it, said that the paragraph was clearly there. So it would seem to me it was intended to be included, but then it was judged not to be included. But to go back to a more fundamental question, it's very clear from the opening numbers of the post-synodal apostolic exhortation that the Pope intends solely to present the final document, the concluding document of the Synod. It's very clear that that's what is going on. So I think everyone has to keep in mind is that as you read this document, you have to have 
with you the final document of the Senate, yet clearly the final document is quite problematic. End quote. Now, that document that he refers to, not the final document of the Senate itself, but the preparation document, I have a video on that. You should go back and watch that if you haven't. It's very interesting to see what they were planning. Anyway, we have Cardinal Burke now explicitly supporting Cardinal Sarah's claim and that of his publishers that Benedict XVI co-wrote the book Defending Clerical Celibacy, a book that when you look in the cover gives explicit writing credit to the authors of each chapter with entire chapters credited to having been solely written by Ratzinger. Now, onto the issue of this really irritating thing that the modernists say when they quip about the magisterium of Francis. Burke says, quote, There's another thing that we have to deal with here, and that is confusion about what is the magisterium. People talk about the magisterium of Pope Francis. If by that you mean his way of teaching the deposit of faith, then that's perfectly acceptable. But if you mean that he is a that he has a teaching of the deposit of faith that contradicts the deposit of faith, then that's not acceptable. And the magisterium is a somewhat re- recent theological term. And what it refers to is the duty of the church to teach, safeguard, and promote the truths of the faith as they have been handed down in the tradition. So whether you say that it's magisterium or not, if it's not in agreement with what the church has always taught and practiced, then it can't be magisterium, even if you say that it is. End quote. And man, that made me happy to see that. <laughs> Finally, the issue of Pacamama, which, while not explicitly named in the document, Francis does say that pagan symbols can be incorporated into the practice of the faith. Burke isn't exactly wild about this idea and says of the Pacamama issue, quote, You have to determine whether the practice or symbol is an expression of the truth of human nature, or is idolatry. The Pacamama is a demon who demands human blood in order to be at peace with man. There's no way this can, in any way, be incorporated. I don't think you can question that in the Vatican Gardens they were prostrating themselves in front of a pagan idol, and also they carried it in front of St. Peter's tomb. First people said, well, this is the indigenous people's image of the Mother of God. But then the indigenous people themselves said, no, no, this is Pacamama. End quote. That's only half of the interview, give or take. A link to it is on the sources blog, which is linked in the description of this video. And I recommend that you follow the link there so you can follow the blog and not miss updates from this channel due to some weird algorithmic issues I've been having lately. Or go to the Facebook page and follow that, where I post everything daily. As for the rest of this article, Cardinal Burke speaks at length about the confusion in the church at the moment and says that the internal divisions are related to a sort of understanding of what the church really is, and uses clerical celibacy as an example, as that issue essentially is one of a division over the understanding of what the Catholic priest is, what the reality of the priesthood is. These divisions have grown worse over the past seven years of this pontificate, and they show no signs of being corrected anytime soon. But permeating this division is something Burke says is in the document, a sort of relativizing of Jesus Christ to the world, which is where we see the language of God being in the trees and rivers and such, and that is a pernicious error. We see that pernicious error everywhere around us. It's just very clear in this document. I could go on and on, but I, I think you get the point. Anyway, let me know your thoughts in the comments below. But pray for the church, and pray for those in places where they cannot receive the sacraments at the moment, and pray for all those striving to do the work of the church. Thanks for listening and for your support. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.